Developing and implementing procedures is one of the most tedious and boring tasks we will ever take on. It's also one of the most important. For many, it's the thing they're perpetually going to get to next week, like a diet. Today, we will go over many of the ways not having our procedures in place is costing us all tremendous amounts of money each day and each week. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. The thing I possibly hear the most often from business owners, right after I have no time because I'm always putting out one fire after another, is I need to get my procedures in order. That's where I'm at in my business. I'm at the point where I need to get my procedures in order. The irony is that having effective, well-written procedures largely puts an end to all the firefighting. So it makes perfect sense that people know intuitively that's the thing they need to be working on when they don't have any time. They're constantly putting out fires. If I just had these procedures in place, I would have to be in fewer places at one time because the procedures work as an effective tool uh, you know, to ensure performance, ensure consistency, to ensure things are done the right way in the same way. I've also learned, though, that people have no idea what, quote unquote, getting procedures in place even means. So, for example, at times where I've asked somebody, well, what do you think like steps one through seven are to get your procedures in place? And the answer is generally, I have no idea. And th- those of you who listened to last week's episode are likely thinking right now, what in the world? You just went on and on last week about how silly it is to force people to do things a certain way. You make no sense, Brian. And that's precisely why I'm talking about the need for procedures immediately after covering that topic last week. There is absolutely a place for procedures. There there are absolutely times we should do things only this one way, period. The challenge is knowing when to have procedures in place and when to prepare people to make really good decisions because a procedure is not possible or wouldn't be effective. So for example, in the, in your procedures, if you if you have a company where you send people out to fix things in somebody's property, uh, you know, contractors of course, um, you would you would not have a procedure for how the employee drives to the job site. You would simply say in the procedure they drive to the job site. They would say once they arrive to the job site. So let's say for example, we're going to have a procedure on how we uh, secure the vehicle once we get on site. We're going to put cones out around the vehicle to make sure it's, it's uh, you know, we've got our safety stuff in place. We would not say, here's how you drive the vehicle to the job site, and then here's how you secure the vehicle with cones and whatever. You would say, after you arrive to the job site, here's what you do with the cones. The procedure is not going to talk about driving. You could not possibly have a procedure for driving. There's certain parts you could, but not like, Driving one mile would be a 400-page procedure. There's so many variables. There's so many considerations. It would not be reasonable to have a procedure for driving. It would absolutely be um, 
make sense to have a procedure about how to secure the vehicle once you get to the job site. That makes perfect sense. Last week, I talked about an example of changing a flat tire. If you own a tire company and you're often doing that on the side of the road, which would carry a, a, you know, a decent amount of risk, having an employee on the side of the road on the side of a highway with cars going by, if that was your business, you would absolutely have a procedure for how you change tires on the side of the road. If this isn't likely to happen to you very often, though, you probably wouldn't. You wouldn't invest the time to develop a procedure for changing a flat tire if it's going to happen once every seven years. And then, you know, having an employee who who, uh, who would have to go find this procedure, that would make no sense. Like, you know, the, the, where, were they even, where would you even keep this thing so that they would know where to find it? Part of the thing with procedures is they have to be easily accessible and people have to know how to find them and when to find them, and when to use them, and that kind of stuff, which would make no sense if they're if, you know, on a flat tire, you know, that's going to happen once every several years. Now, you may say, listen, we have 143 vehicles on the road. We're going to have a flat tire once a month, and that's a big risk. We want we want to have people to know how to do that. That would make sense. But for many companies, that would not make sense. Not as much as having an employee who knows that accident prevention is the most important thing they do each day and that making good decisions to avoid accidents is imperative and arguably the most important thing they do. Well, then they would know to pull off the side of the road a little further. They would, they would do things that intuitively that would reduce the likelihood of having accidents. You know, when they have a flat tire on the side of the road, for example, that would be more effective in some cases, depending on your company and, you know, other variables than having a procedure written out that would take who knows how long and then who knows how long for the employee to find it if they ever actually didn't take the time to go find it once they had this flat tire. So the point is there's, there's circumstantial decisions we have to make about our company and the kinds of things we need to have procedures written on and the kind of things we don't. So a, a, a contractor would likely have a procedure to prep a job site. Let's say you're going to use a torch for something on a job site. You're going to do some soldering, let's say. And, and the, you would have a procedure on prepping the site, the job site, for when the torch will be used to prevent the possibility of a fire. But you wouldn't likely have a procedure on how to solder the copper pipes together or to how to clean up afterwards. So, you know, clean up is not something you would likely have a procedure. You might have a checklist. That's not a procedure. Also, last week, I talked about telling people to do things in a certain way, which is not even remotely the same as having an effective procedure. This is one of the things I want to really stress here is that us telling somebody how to do things over and over and over is not the same thing as having an effective procedure. A procedure, by definition, is written. And the reason it's written is because we don't want it to change. The whole point is it, it doesn't change. Oftentimes, as I was talking about things last week, we Monday morning quarterback things and say, you should have done it this way when we weren't there to address the variables that took place. We didn't give the whole story. A procedure gives the whole story. That's exactly what it does. It gives the whole story and says, when you encounter this thing, here's what you do every single time. In fact, part of my point today is to illustrate how not having procedures in place where they are warranted caused us to have you know, inefficiencies due to more of that having to tell people how to do things which takes time and money. So I'm doing this intentionally, having this conversation last week about how one of the mistakes we make is telling people over and over and over to do things a certain way in places where that does not fit. And this week talking about how it does not, it, it's not appropriate to not have procedures in place in many instances where we should tell people how to do things a certain way. And it's, it's, we need to be clear about when we do either one. And I believe that if it's important enough to demand that it be done a certain way, we should document it as a procedure. If it's not important enough to document it as a procedure, then we should focus on the outcomes 
and let them do it how they want as long as the outcome we want is achieved. So this is kind of a test for me. If I want this thing done a certain way every single time, then I better write the procedure for it or make sure somebody does. Again, one of the things with procedures is I don't have to be the one to write all this stuff. I have to teach people how to write procedures and then make sure we get them done. If it's not important enough for me to document as a procedure, though, I'm not willing to invest the time of my own or pay somebody to do it, then I need to let go of how it needs to be done and teach people how to make good decisions so they achieve the outcome we want. That is a critical distinction for me. Knowing when to arm people with, with, with to, how to make and when to make great decisions with great training versus removing spontaneous decision-making, which is exactly what a procedure is designed to do, is to remove all spontaneous decision-making. Knowing when to do either one of those is a key reason people don't make progress in getting procedures in place because they don't really have clarity on when does a procedure even make sense and when is not a procedure. When does a procedure not make sense? Well, hopefully between last week and, and this week and other episodes I've done where I talk about the difference between a process and a procedure and a checklist and all the things that procedures need to have. Like I've talked about the six things that procedures need to have. These are all episodes you can find that I've all I've covered all this stuff. I don't need to cover it again today. But we talk about this stuff a lot. It's critical we know the kinds of things that we should have procedures in place for, which are we've decided this is the best way we know how to do it, and we will not deviate from doing it this way. Onboarding, like call taking for new customers. We should have a script that we follow every single time so we don't ever forget their phone number. We don't ever forget whatever. We should absolutely have procedures that stuff. Installing a water heater or installing a new panel if you're an electrician or you know, painting an exterior of a house. If you're a painter, I don't know to what, to what degree you can have procedures in place. Some pieces you might, and some pieces you would have to rely on the expertise of the individual who's had years of great training to make decisions based on what they're standing in front of. How you do things for a house built in 1904 is not the same as how you do things built for a house in 1968 in many cases, for example. So having a procedure would be really difficult in those situations. We have to rely upon their excellent training to make great decisions. And other things we're going to say, I don't care about the anybody's training because of the risk, because of the continuity, because of the customer experience, because we know this is the best way to do it. And there's a few enough variables that we can put a procedure in place. This is how we've decided we're going to do things every single time. And it's critical we know the difference between those two things. Now, once we know that stuff, now it's just a matter of doing, getting the procedures in place, Now, which is time-consuming and is not generally all that fun, which is why I'm going to cover some of the ways not having these procedures in place is costing us all money and time. There is a, there is a very measurable cost to not having procedures in place. In fact, there's, I, I came up with like 15 different things. I'm going to go through them as fast as we can because I want to spend a ton of time on this. But this is for people who know that they need to get the procedures in place. They have some idea of what kinds of things they need to get procedures in place on. If nothing else, start with your critical risks. Start with things that are your competitive advantage. Start with things that are absolutely critical to the customer experience and in having you know the the same consistent kind of experience over and over again those are great places to start with procedures these are the things that we have to do the same way every time because it's a risk because of the customer experience because of whatever those are great places to start with procedures i want you to know that one of the things we're going to tell ourselves is i'm going to get to it next week like i said the opening it's like a diet you know what data all diets start you know 80, 87% of all diets start tomorrow or next monday <laughs> that's kind of how it is with procedures it's, it's something we're constantly putting off. But once we realize how much, how many different ways it's costing us a lot of time and money, hopefully we'll be less inclined to put those things off. So the first one is just inefficiencies. 
without documented procedures, employees may spend more time figuring out how to perform tasks, which of course leads to reduced productivity. If they're just trying to figure out how to do things because maybe they've not encountered this before, um, maybe the guy who does this all the time is sick, whatever it is. Um, those inefficiencies, I would like you to hear as lost money. When I say inefficiency, that means lost money because that's exactly what it is. Those inefficiencies increase negatively affecting the overall operation and causing delays in job completions from just trial and error. And that, that, ha- that means, and I mean that from very simple things to very complex things, the trial and error is what costs us tons of time and money. There's also the time that must be taken to argue whose way is the best way of doing this thing. And that can add up to countless hours in just a few months. And it does, this is not just people who are doing the revenue producing thing. This is your admin staff. This is your, your support team. When we don't have an agreed upon way of doing things, I promise you there is time being spent, people making their case on how things should be done in a particular way, their way. And then people who come along after them and undo their way and do it their way. <laughs> like it's wildly ineffect, inef- uh, inefficient. And, and so the trial and error and the, the, People proving that their way is the best are two of the key reasons where it's just wildly inefficient. Another one is training costs. New employees just take more time to train when there's no procedures in place. You, 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 we, we, we rely upon the ability for the trainer to articulate things really well. And frankly, some people really suck at training. Like they could be great, great craftspeople. They could be great accountants and be horrible at training people. Procedures help eliminate that. There's also tons of waste with new employees who are just waiting to be given something they can handle or there's something they can do without much instruction. I would argue that in the beginning, employees, 25% of their time is just standing there waiting to be told something to do that they can do that doesn't require a lot of training. Uh, procedures eliminate that. If they can read, they can do things that, may, that are making us money and, learn, and they are learning. Another one is warranty work and rework. Lack of clear instructions. Lack of clear procedures increases the likelihood of mistakes and workmanship or accuracy issues, which of course will result in increased warranty work. And fixing those mistakes takes up time and resources that could be used to perform revenue-producing activities instead of activities that produce no revenue. Also, again, we have spent plenty of time in these cases where things went wrong and we have to fix them. There's tons of time spent with people figuring out whose fault it was. And that is one of the most inefficient parts of that whole process is not only are we spending our time doing things that we're not getting paid for because it's warranty work, we're also spending a lot of time for people to figure out whose fault it is or making sure that they're not seen as the one whose fault it is. There's tons of waste in there. Quality control issues, of course, not having procedures can lead to fluctuations in service or customer experience quality. If you have uh, fluctuations in service or customer experience quality, uh, those are going to result in customer dissatisfaction, which means less referrals, less repeat work, and reputational harm. And reputational harm is one of the most costly, catastrophic things to try to overcome. Once you have a reputation of not providing a great product or experience, it is really hard to overcome that. All right, next one, uh, regulatory compliance risks. So in industries with uh, any kind of regulation, which almost everyone has something, uh, inadequate procedures can lead to non-compliance, which of course could lead to fines and legal proceedings and you know loss of uh, favorable um, opinions of municipalities and like different bureaucracies. Like it's just once you're labeled as somebody who's not compliant, like you lose the benefit of the doubt in some cases, which costs you have to go through different review processes. For example, it just lots of things can happen. 
uh, once you're kind of um, you've gone down a path where you're not adhering to those regulatory requirements. Communication breakdown, miscommunication, misunderstanding among team members happens without clear documentation. And of course that leads to mistakes and delays because not everyone's on the same page. It takes time to discover that we're not on the same page and it takes time to overcome it. Once we do discover that we're not on the same page. So when we have procedures in place, we can, we can be more efficient with our communication. We don't have to explain things every, every detail. We don't have to say, hey, I'm doing this thing now because everybody knows I'm doing the thing now because the procedure's in place and they, and they dictate that. Another one is uh, knowledge loss due to employee turnover. Um, when employees leave, they might take critical knowledge and abilities with them. And that loss of what I call tribal knowledge, which are the things that people know that are not written down. It's just stuff that they've learned over time. They stuff that they learn, uh, they know. When that's gone, it creates understanding gaps and causes delays while people now have to figure out challenges they haven't had to figure out before because Tommy knew how to do that and he just took care of it all the time. Well, now Tommy's not here. Now somebody's got to figure out how to do that stuff where if we would have said, hey, Tommy, why don't you write down how you do this thing? It'd be wildly, you know, much more, much more effective and much more efficient. Another one is, you know, one of the times I hear from business owners most often is they say, I want to scale my business. And I don't know how. Well, documenting procedures is a critical part of scaling your operation. It's very difficult to scale a business without the uniformity uh, provided by documented procedures. If we can't figure out that all 50 people who do this thing are in it the same way, scaling that is really, really difficult. I don't want to say it's impossible because it's not impossible, but it's really difficult and it's a much slower process if we don't have procedures in place. So you're losing the money that you you would make by being able to scale your operation because you can't scale the operation because you're putting out fires. You have to have managers and supervisors spend their time fixing things that are broken because people don't do it all the same way and we have warranty issues and all the things we're talking about here. The other thing is if the team can't predict what happens next, there are delays while they figure out that they don't know what happened, you know, what's supposed to happen next. And again, argue over which is the best way to move forward. And this is the third time I'm mentioning this, but this is a thing that it happens. People spend time trying to explain and make their case. And that takes time. While they're making their case, they're not doing the thing that makes money. <laughs> uh, number nine, turnover challenges. Inadequate, absolute, inadequate, inadequate procedures can absolutely lead to employee dissatisfaction. And those employees might leave. Employees get mad. They get, they get tired of facing the same challenges over and over and over again. And good employees just... Some people say, I've had it. I, like this company can't get their stuff together. I got to go somewhere where they can. <laughs> and so uh, uh, we can absolutely lose good employees by not having uh, procedures. And, you know, estimates of what it costs to replace an employee are anywhere between 25% and like 200% of their salaries every year. I mean, if you lose a $100,000 a year, great person, you know, good person who's good at their craft, it might cost you $50,000 to replace that person. You know, th that's expensive. Those are real dollars coming off the bottom line. All right, uh, lack of performance metrics without clear procedures, it's much harder to establish and measure key performance indicators, which we've talked about before, KPIs. Uh, again, that's a great episode to go back and listen to when we talk about KPIs. These are the kinds of things that we can narrow down. Like These are the key things that we need to pay attention to tell us our business is running effectively or not. If we don't have those things, it's much harder. And if we don't have procedures in place, it's more difficult for us to figure out what those metrics are to measure, to assess. And then, therefore, of course, make meaningful improvements, both in efficiency and quality. Like you've heard me talk before about, you know, the Japanese auto industry and how they turn things around. This is this is one of the key ways. 
they had procedures in place. They they measured key performance indicators and they they made meaningful improvements to make those KPIs better. And that is a that is a lesson we can all learn 100% across the board. All right, another one: loss of competitive advantage, which is a big thing. If if the customer does not have a compelling reason to call me or Brand X or me instead of Brand X, I'm losing money. I'll never know it, but it's happening. Businesses that cannot adapt quickly because they don't have documented procedures can lose that competitive advantage. If we don't know how we do the thing, we can't know how we do make the thing better, right? And if we've learned, we hire somebody who's made things better at Brand X or they, they bring knowledge we didn't have or abilities we didn't have or techniques or whatever. If we don't have documented procedures in place, we, we, we don't have a way to improve those when we learn these things and, and roll that knowledge across the board so everyone can do it that way. We'll kind of fall back into, well, people just do it how they do it, which in some cases is not productive. Again, we talked about last week, some cases that is productive, some cases that's not productive. You know, one of the things that I remember learning uh, uh, in this instance, it would have to do with water heaters and like just pumping out the water. You know, if you wait for a water heater to drain, it takes like 20 minutes sometimes. Well, we hired a guy. He's like, well, I, I bought this pump for, you know, this air pump for like 30 bucks at Home Depot. And I, I do this in, you know, three to five minutes. Like, Whoa, <laughs> guess what? We all started doing it that way, right? Because it was just wildly more efficient. So, uh, okay. Next one is risk of catastrophes like safety incidents. Uh, industries, you know, every industry has some kind of risk, some kind of safety thing, but, uh, um, you know, some folks it's more data protection is like their big risk for people who have employees and like more blue collar stuff. Safety incidents are, are the bigger thing. If you're in an industry, we have safety critical processes. We face increased, you know, highly increased uh, risk of accidents or incidents when procedures are not well documented and followed completely. So this is an area where, it's, where we got to remember safety stuff highlights this really well, which is the procedures are worthless if they're not followed and they have to be followed completely and 100% act, you know, they have to be followed to the letter or they're not procedures anymore. They're guidelines. We don't want guidelines. We want procedures and the, and the safety stuff, especially like these are the areas where the, the costs can go from zero to, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars overnight. Like they, they've got to be followed completely 100% on the safety stuff. Also, safety violations can lead to more legal consequences and damage the company's reputation. So there could be loss there as well. Uh, all right, next one. Employees, if we don't have um, well-documented procedures, employees will develop a belief we just don't take things these, these things very seriously. Without having developed very specific non-negotiable ways to do certain things and a willingness to, per, to perfect critical activities, how serious could the company be about these things? And if excellence is not important to the business owner, why would it be important to the employee? And whether we like it or not, this is a thing that people key off of. If they, if they worked for a place that's like very efficient, a well-oiled machine, and they, they had standards that they had for certain things, like we would not deviate from how we do this thing because it's so critical, it's so important to the customer. This is how we do it every time. And they come to work in another company where it's like, well, do the best you can. <laughs> Um, they will adapt accordingly and they will behave accordingly and they will, they will make decisions accordingly. And, and we can't have a higher expectation that they will pursue excellence over what we will do. All right. Last one. And this is maybe, um, you know, one of the ones I think is the most important and, and often overlooked is reduced resale value. And, and this is, um, we don't really think about this until it's too late in some cases. If your company does not have procedures in place, that means whoever buys it from you will still need to do that, which as you know, costs time, money, and other resources. 
Here's the thing I want to stress to people. Nobody wants to buy a job. They want to buy an autonomous money printing machine. The more they have to spend time, either it's a one-off project like getting procedures in place, which might take, let's say, a year or three years or whatever it takes, the more they have to do that one one-off thing, or the more they have to be involved day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, the less the business is worth. Because the more time they have to be involved, the less they're willing to pay for it. That's just a simple equation. So how do we get started? Pick one area and just go. You know, it could be involving a critical risk, like I said. It could be involving your competitive advantage. Any of those are fine. We just have to remember that not having procedures in place costs the two things business owners say they want the most of, time and money. When you have procedures in place, it provides you time, more time and more money. Not having them in place costs you more time and more money. Sometimes it's readily apparent and sometimes they're very well hidden, like some of the things we've, we've gone over here. So uh, anyhow, if you find the information I share helpful, please share this podcast with a friend or colleague you think could benefit from it. Uh, we're talking about some, you know, the last couple weeks we've talked about procedures, which everyone talks about procedures. Anyone who's been in business since the 1990s has, has talked or thought a lot about procedures. Um, so of course, public sharing is appreciated also, but if you know somebody who could benefit from this, you know, shoot them a, a text or a Facebook message or email and just copy the link and, and throw it in there, share it with them. You never know how you might make somebody's day a little easier or their business ownership journey a little, a little simpler if they learn something from uh, somebody who's made tons of mistakes like myself. So uh, anyhow, that's it for this week. And uh, thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you all next week. <music>